Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. Mark chapter number 2, verses 1 and 2, where I'm going to take my text from today. Pray this will be a help to you. I don't know whether to just preach this introduction and come back and finish it tonight or preach it all. Cancel your reservations at the Cracker Barrel if I preach all this. Two of them said that out of this congregation. You heard that, didn't you? Preach on, preach on. Everybody leave. There'd be two sitting here. See what God does here. If you found Mark 2 and verse number 1, shout amen. amen. And again. And again. He entered into Capernaum after some days. And it was noised that he was, here's what I'm preaching on today, in the house. In the house. And straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. Father, I love you and I thank you for this day, this time, for what we felt in our hearts this morning. We thank you for the record book. We thank you for this nation. I thank you for these that have gathered. I thank you for this opportunity. Lord, I'm unworthy to stand and break this bread this morning. I claim the righteousness of Christ and the blood and the stripes. I pray you'd fill my mouth and guard my tongue and preach me with accuracy inside the bounds of the holy writ. And I pray, God, that it touch the hearts of people. Lord, uh, we need to tell it like it is. We need to know and be able to understand and feel when Jesus passes by. God, those things are necessary in our lives today. Help me, Father, I pray, to deliver this, Lord, for your glory and your honor. Exalt my Savior, edify the church, encourage the brethren in the word of God. I ask it in my king's name, Jesus. Amen. And amen. At this particular time, Jesus has been all over Galilee. He's been out and about. He's healing people. There's, there's lepers that's been healed. There's demons that's been cast out. There's a lot of things going on uh, in, uh, in and around Jesus. And that's the only way anything happens that's any good, by the way, is by and through him. He's been out into Galilee. Now he has come back. And we see here that verse number one informs us to the fact that Jesus has been here before. It informs us that he has been here before. If you're here and you've been saved, I like what Brother Randy said, I like to feel him. You can't always feel him. It's days, been days I prayed, I didn't think that, I, that anybody is listening to a thing I said. I, I felt like it was dry as cracker juice and it was just not going anywhere. But then there's been other times that when I got in and just knelt in the prayer room that the Holy Ghost come by, fill my soul, energize me, encourage me. I, I couldn't hardly get the words out fast enough as I tried to pray. I, I would understand that, that that is not me. 
my friend and helper has shown up to make intercession for me and to ask for things that I can't even talk about. It informs us that he's been here before, but then we see in that verse also there had to be an invitation to come into the house. That's what we have here. Every service we give an invitation. You don't have to wait for an invitation in this church. You feel the tug of the Holy Ghost. You need to come forward and make it public before people that you're doing business with God. You just come anytime. You won't interrupt the singing. You won't interrupt the preaching. We'll just continue on. Now, listen here. We gotta be spiritually mature enough to understand what's going on in the life of somebody when they break out and run to an altar. The invitation is given. Can I tell you? He's still, his arms are stretched today. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor, heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart. You shall find rest for your souls. Why? Because my yoke is easy and my burden's light. But we see then, in verse number three, we see that it informs us, verse one, and then we see the invitation. But no, we also see this. We see the individuals that make up the crowd. That's what it's all about. It's about you and the Lord. It's about you and Christ. It's about me and Christ. That's what it's about. It's about the individual and the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I come not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Hey, they that told don't need a physician, but there's a whole lot of sick folk because there's none righteous, no, not one. So everybody's got a problem. Sooner or later, we have to do something about the problem unless it just bears down on us and we can't even live. We see them in the house. Now, these three groups that I find in this house, and I, don't, I, could, I could preach this as a message. I, I, I feel like I'm just going to have to go on. But there's three groups that I find in this house. Number one, I find the curious. They've come to see the show. I've got people that if I'll jump a pew, I don't jump pews anymore, but I used to could. But if I just act up a little bit, get a little animated in my preaching, jump off a stage, run around, or do something crazy, kick a karate kick or do something they just say oh man what a message that was a, I'd say what to preach on uh, 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 you jump two pews it ain't how we do it it's what we say you don't have to be loud and proud and wide open you can be still and quiet. I've seen, I seen Dr. Charles Thigpen stand behind that desk the last, last time he preached here for us. And I can still do what he preached on. Preached on Barnabas and being an encourager. And from that point on, Randy Maynard, I took it on my heart and I prayed to be a Barnabas. And that was a long time ago. Brother Charles is in, Dr. Thigpen's in heaven today. And he would, this is about as excited as he got up on his tiptoes and point. That's about all he'd do. And every time he stood up on them toes and pointed, that pierced my soul. It was the Holy Ghost. It's not the man, it's the Spirit of God. 
because some just come to see the show. There'll be come, some come to camp meeting next week just to see what happens. These people just wanted to see somebody healed, a blind man have his sight, a leper be cleansed. They just come. They come. Why? But he told, listen, I'm not faulting them because of that. Because whatever it takes to get them in his presence is what, what we need to do. I see the curious. Here's what he said about them. Many were gathered. Many were gathered. Number two, I find the complainers. I love those folk. It don't matter how you do it, why you do it, how short, how long, how sweet, it don't matter. There's something wrong. What? Look here. How do you know they were there? Because in Luke, as we learned, he gives a little more in depth of this. In Luke chapter 5, concerning this same passage of Scripture or this same uh, 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 incident here, of Christ, it said this, Pharisees and the doctors of the law were gathered. We see many gathered, they're curious, but we see the Pharisees and the doctors. How do you know that they were complainers? Because when Jesus told the man he's forgiven of his sins, he said, why reason ye in your heart? They say he's blaspheming. Y'all not all to say that. There was one that had the right to say it, and that was God in the flesh. And I want you to notice what he dealt with before he done anything else. It was the sin. And you say, I don't have that. It takes I to spell it. Yes, sir. Amen. Right in the middle. You know what everybody in this room, preacher included, my friend included, everybody, you know what when everybody in this room needs to deal with first? Sin, Randy. Sin. And if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And if he is the truth and the truth is not in us, we're in pretty bad shape. I'm not talking about getting out here and running around on your wife or running off with somebody else's husband. But I'm talking, he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it is what? Amen. First thing he dealt with, we just like to load it up bigger in some buckets than we do in others. Yeah. So, we'll always have the complainers. We have the curious, we have the complainers, but here's what we find. Because of four men that was, that was dedicated in faith believing that if they could just get this guy to Christ, that he's, he's, his life's going to be completely changed. We see the cured. Do you notice that in all three uh, records of this, Matthew, Mark, Luke, now it's, it's not in John, but you find all three records of this, and you know what? Out of all this multitude, out of all this multitude, 
the healing was done before he got to the house. But only one was cured while he was there. Now the word's preaching the word. And the Bible said over in Luke, uh, it's Luke. He said there was power there to heal them, speaking to the, to the doctors of the law, say, saying this, they needed a healing too. They didn't think there's anything wrong with them. It's Jesus there's something wrong with. That's what the world says today. There's nothing wrong with me. It's Jesus is the problem. Hey, one woman said this. She said this. If Mary had had an abortion, we wouldn't have this problem. I tell you this. If Mary had had an abortion, we'd be all ready for hells. What'd be wrong? Can you imagine a mere mortal rolling that off of their mouth? Before a holy, you want to see the long suffering of God? He could have plucked her eyes out right there, but yet, by the grace of God, she's still breathing today. I'm telling you, that's mercy and grace that we don't know anything about. The three groups of people. I'm going up with my messenger. Here's the common denominator. They were all in the house. They were in the house. We need, I love air conditioning. I'm spoiled nowadays. It's a little, uh, I probably don't keep my house near as cold as some of you do. But I love it that there's no humidity. I like it warm and no humidity. That's good as it gets. That's the way heaven's going to be. Some guy told me, he said, there's going to be snow in heaven. I said, praise God, you'll be the only one there enjoying it, probably. (laughs) We need him in the house. Number one today. We need him in the White House. We need him in the White House. Now, I've done a study I read yesterday on former presidents. There's been 12 presidents since I was born. There have been 12 presidents. Harrison was the shortest president. He didn't last long. He got pneumonia or something right after his inauguration. Didn't last about six months. He's dead, something like that. But FDR was the longest. And right after FDR, they, they adopted the 22nd Amendment that says you can't run but two, have but two terms. And I'm not trying to bash a dead man, but it's a known fact. You can read the book. We were just in that little place in Georgia with Dwayne Dean. He took us up there to feed us when we were in Phoenix City preaching. And and uh, is it Hot Springs, Uh, Georgia? Warm Springs. uh, uh, Something Springs, Georgia. It's where FDR had his his, uh, hideaway and his harlot. Hot Springs, Georgia. And I'm not going to get into all that. I'm just saying that people look back and they think them men of yesteryear were grand and glorious fellows. There's a bunch of heathens too. Some of the greatest presidents we've had were single-term presidents. I'm not going to get into all that, but you research it yourself. Go back and read the read. You can find it. Say, what are you telling us all this for, preacher? Here's why. 
Here's why. This is going to make this is going to ruffle some people's feathers. It's going to say, "Shouldn't preach like this." I'm preaching. Here's what the Word of God says. Here's what the Word of God says: Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. You know why this nation has been exalted? Because it began righteous. It began under the umbrella. Of the, of the protecting providential hand of God Almighty. This thing was set up to evangelize the world. God brought a bunch of people over here because of religious persecution. Listen, kids, don't let them lie to you at the schoolhouse. We didn't come to set up a gay or a homosexual facility so people could do what they wanted to. We established this land to do this, to serve the Lord God Almighty without fear or favor. Happy 4th of July. But it took righteousness to exalt this thing. If you've never been to Williamsburg, Virginia, I'd recommend you go and read all them things on the wall. I got in there and got to reading that. Did you know it's required for them to go to church for three hours every day? And they sat on a log. With no air conditioning. Yes. And if they're going to be part of that group, they're going to sit in church for three hours. Wonder what the liberals would think about that. And say, I don't like all this stuff, preacher. That's exactly right. Neither do they. Right. Yes. But it takes righteousness to exalt a nation. Amen. Number two, Psalm 9 and 17, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. This kind of preaching is out of date and certainly out of style. Tell it like it is. I need to hear from heaven. I need a word from God. I don't need a word from you. I need a word from God. Hey, listen, he's the one that's going to get me out of this mess. I can't get myself out, nor can you. You need a word from God just like I do. I got a three-year-old grandson, and I just... And my kids, I think of all these kids as mine. Similo, see Katie come up and hug me. Kimber hugs me at the door. My girls and my kids just here, they just love the preacher. How about that? Some of you may not, but the kids do. And I consider them my kids, and I can't hardly fathom, Gabe, what they're going to be looking at in the next five years. Because our government has lost their ever-loving minds. And this crowd that's out there hating, calling it hate speech because they want to save the lives of babies, what kind of insanity is that? Where's the littlest one in here? Who's got a baby? Where's little Russell? Oh, Lord. 
Can you imagine? Can you imagine being glad that one of them are not born? Can you fathom it? Why? Why? Because me, I, I'll do what I want when I want. Right. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Yeah. I'll do it the way I want it and when I want it. And if I don't want it, I won't do it. Yeah. Go ahead on and see how that ends for you. Yeah. Right. That's right. The wicked shall be turned into hell. Yes, and all the nations that forget God. Hey. America's forgotten where we come from. Yeah. There's nobody in this room Loves that thing right there anymore than I do. I love it, John. I love it. Bless you for your work. If you don't love this right here, if you don't love that right there, I got two words for you. Go away! We don't need you. Righteousness exalteth the nation. The wicked shall. You know what that word wicked means? Morally corrupt. For somebody that might hear this and think I'm a homophobe or something like that, let me tell you, there's times I'm morally corrupt. Say, well, I'm not morally corrupt, preacher. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Don't tell me. You're made out of the same mud I am. You think things you shouldn't think. You know why? Because the heart's deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. The White House needs him. I want to read you something, John Adams. You know, you know this. Uh, George never. George Washington. You know who he is. I watched him talk to some idiots on the beach the other day. They said, "Who's the first president?" And they thought it was JFK. <laughs> this guy said, "This is the dumbest people I've ever talked to in my life." George Washington, uh, the first president, by the way. They're trying to, they'll be trying to tell history, be trying to push him out of the way next. But George was the first. But George never lived in the White House. You know that? It's not completed until about 1800. But in 1800, we had another president, John Adams. I wanna, I wanna read you what John penned. He said, I pray heaven to bestow the best of blessings on this house and all that shall hereafter inhabit it. May none but honest and wise men ever rule under this roof. That's what our second president said. He penned that letter to his wife as he spent the first night in there by himself and he penned that letter. He was overwhelmed by the Spirit of God May only wise men and honest men ever serve under this roof. Thank God for every wise and honest man that's ever served as the president of these United States of America. 
And God have mercy on the souls of those that are not wise and are anything but honest. Number one, we need, we need him in the White House. Oh, God, here we go. You cannot, you cannot advocate for killing babies. And you cannot appoint people specifically because they're of a LBGQTRSWVXYZ community. The only reason they got the job is because they're part of that community and they thought it would gain them income, not percentage of votes, because the percentage is still relatively low. They cut me off yet? You cannot do these things. You cannot do these things and then fly that flag. And say, I get to eat the supper and I partake of the cup of the fruit of the vine. You cannot. You cannot. I don't care if you're an independent, if you're a Democrat or a Republican. Uh, from the Whig Party, they've been out for a while. From the Federalist, they've been out for a while. Then it was the Democratic Republic Party. How about that? Go back that. Sit on that nest. How about it? That, it, you, it don't matter which one. The reality is this. With those things, if that is your priority, he's not in the house. He's available. He's available. Whosoever. You'll ne- I'll never be a Calvinist because I, can't, I cannot accept limited atonement. I can't. I'm a whosoever I am now, I'll die whosoever. Fellows at a funeral here the other day, Tracy's funeral, he said, I'm a Calvinist. I said, I won't hold that against you. I said, I'm a freewheeler. <laughs> number two, I'm which 12 o'clock, I'm on number two, in case you was wondering. We need him in the White House, but we need him in the church house. We need him in the church house. You know why he's not in the White House? Because he's not been in the church house. And you might remember which uh, historian it was that said this. Said America is great because it's good. If America ever ceases to be good, she will surely cease to be great. I can't remember who said that. Hawthorne or somebody that tried to give. I don't, I'm not sure. But that's ex- I, amen that. And one fella come over here from uh, uh, overseas, Europe, somewhere. And he come over here. He done a tour. He said, you know what makes America great? It's the fire in the pulpits. It's the fire in the pulpits of the churches in America. It didn't matter if you're a Presbyterian or an Episcopalian or a, or a, a Church of Christ. It, it didn't make no difference. Years gone by, they preached with fervency and fire. Amen. 
We need him in the church house. In Revelation chapter number two, chapter number three, a lot of our adult classes have been through the book of Revelation, some still in it. And it's a great book, and we need to know what it all means. People's all excited about Revelation. I'm not looking for the Antichrist, I'm looking for Jesus Christ. But I want you to hear this. In Revelation chapter 2 and 3, in, in chapter 3 and verse 20, at the, at the end, and it's chronological. Those are a little piece of all those churches and all those ages. Do you understand that? In other words, in Ephesus, there's a little bit of Laodicea there, and there's a little bit of Ephesus in Laodicea, but not much. It began to minimize as the farther along it went. Well, in power and in demonstration. But here's the thing. In, in, in the Laodicean age that he speaks of as the last church in Revelation chapter 3. In verse number 20, the Bible says, speaking, Jesus speaking, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. That's to the church. He's knocking on the church door. Listen, 15 sermon, sermonettes really won't fill you up. That's like a microwave meal. How many likes them over stove top cooking? I don't see no hands. If you'd raised your hand on that, I'd said you bumped your head. We need to hear from heaven. He's standing at the door knocking. He wants to come in. He wants to come in. He, when he comes in, he'll be a priority. It'll mean more to come back on Sunday night than it will to sit and watch football on TV. I was talking to Brother Holly Waldo yesterday. We got stayed on the phone with him for an hour nearly. He's all wound up, Holly is. He, he said, you know, he said, I've got some age on me now. And he said, sometimes I just don't feel like going. He said, my wife will say, surely you're not going to try to go preach tonight. He said, yeah, I'm going to go. He said, I believe I, I believe I can do it. He said, and I can just barely get to the door. He said, but something, something happens when I get inside the church house. He said, I may barely be able to get in the door when I get back home, but while I'm there, I'm feeling good. So what would it take to excite you enough to get you back here on Sunday night? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Tell me like it is. Yes. A camp meeting's coming. It's easy to get fired up on camp meeting. But you know why camp meeting happens? Because you come on them dead Sunday nights. You know what dead Sunday night is? Dead Sunday night is tater planting. Yes, sir. Somebody's, my daddy was strange in some ways. I'm a little bit like him. He thought you had to drag a chain down the tater row. Why he thought you had to do that? It didn't make one bit of difference. He said, did you drag that chain? He couldn't have told if I did or I didn't. But I'd say, oh yeah, dad, I got the chain. I drug down the row. What did that? That didn't do a thing. He thought it did. That's right. Did I like that? No, just soon been riding my bicycle or motorcycle, whatever I had back then. I just said, uh, what, what are you doing? 
What have you been doing? Dragging chain through Tater Rose. <laughs> Boy, that sounded like fun. Uh, no, didn't care a thing about it. Sweating, dirt clods, <laughs> barefoot, dirty feet, country boy. But then, it come harvest time. And we rolled them things out and they're just laying all over the top of the ground. We're throwing them in tow sacks and he's throwing them in a hole somewhere. And then it come in, it breaks in there about November. Praise God, December and it's cold outside. And mama begin to fry them things on the top of the stove and they get golden brown. She's got a thing of buttermilk biscuits over here and a big pot of gravy. Glory to God, maybe some pork chops fried up. I'm about to starve to death. Hey, got all that. You know what? Dragging that chain wasn't too bad then. It's the same way coming back to church. It's just chain dragging time. I'm knocking at the door. But you don't preach like this on Sunday night because I'm wore out. Same God, same word, same Christ. Folks want preaching without power and conversions without change. Preaching without power. I got that early this morning. I... That may not be original, but it is original to me. Preaching without power, conversions without change. That's what the modern church is doing today. So I'm watching this video yesterday. I've been digging all this stuff up. It's, it's part of the militant spirit I feel this morning. There's this... There's this homosexual. There's this homosexual girl down there. I'd, I'd love to talk to her. She seemed like a sweet gal. She just confused. Second Timothy 3 said it like this. Ever learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Right. Why? Because it's spiritually discerned. Right. I wouldn't know nothing except the Holy Ghost come in me and said this is true. And then, and only then could I believe it. Amen. And then, and only then can I discern what is that do you know all that oh no they some of Ezekiel got me scratching my head today if you, any of you Bible scholars want to sit down and explain it to me I'll listen if, if you can make it make sense but I see her and I see this bunch that's out there and they mean well but they got signs holding them up you're going to hell well that's true but they're yelling at them you can't feed chickens throwing it at them you take a handful of feed and a chicken will, uh, they'll die for a handful of feed, but you take a handful of feed, walk up to your chicken and go, foo! That bird's gone. But you walk by, you walk by, chickens everywhere, walk by, dribble a little here, a little there. You know what you do? Next thing you do, they have a baby right up next to you. And then you just reach down, get it, wring its neck, and have supper. You, you know when you go to McDonald's, something died that you could eat that Big Mac. Some people are so stupid, they don't think them things die before they eat. Then they get mad at you for killing animals. This whole world's went crazy. I'd like to set her down and say, let me tell you from somebody that loves you. I, I don't know you, but I love your soul. 
And I don't want you to die and go to hell. I don't want you to go to hell. I don't want you to go. My Jesus died so you don't have to go. Here was the kicker. They have a church. She's a member. They have a church all the time. They go, look, they go Sunday morning and Sunday night. How about that? They ain't getting no preaching like this. But they're having a party. I mean, hey, they're having a good time. They look like John come running around here. They're running, dancing, waving their arms. They're just enjoying themselves. Then they got people standing outside yelling at them out on the sidewalk. You're going to hell, you sorry dog. That won't get nobody saved. You know what Jesus done to the woman? And by the way, adulteries, adulteries, just like homosexuality, same, same hell for both people. I mean, so don't just jump on the on the oh, just don't jump on the gay crowd and say, "Hell no, oh no." The Bible said the drunkard, the sodomite, the whoremonger, the fornicator—that's sex outside of covenant marriage. Hey, look, hey, he said they ain't going to make. They are not going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. You make up your mind which way you want to go. I like to set her down. Brother Todd, look her right in the eye and yes, say, honey, sir. I love your soul. Amen, amen. And Jesus died. Here's how much Jesus loves you. He died for you. That's right, that's right. But you cannot continue. That's conversion without change. Yes. You cannot continue in that. Yeah. That book's wrong then. If, if that's wrong, that book's wrong. That's right. Go home and read 1 Corinthians 6, chapter Chapter 6, verse number 9. Read it for yourself and then let, you, let God, let the Holy Ghost settle the issue with you. Sure. One more point, I'm done. Number three. We don't need him and just need him in the White House and in the church house. I need him. We need him in our house. See, see, in the White House, it's nationally. In the church house, it's spiritually. But in our house, it's individually. Yes, that's, that's where we've got we to have him individually. Yes, my sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. I'm going to give you a couple passages of Scripture right here that, that, that it's not real good. I mean, the Scripture's all good. But I mean, this is, this is, this is, this is some of that reprove and rebuke passages in Leviticus chapter number 14 verse number 34 it speaks of leprosy in a house now it's an inanimate inanimate object and you could think you would think if you read that well how and God said he sent it if I send the leprosy up on a house stay with me and you would think, well, what has that got to do? Well, he's going to, we're going to make a spiritual application with that thing right there that, 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 that he is speaking to because here's what he said had to occur in order for the leprosy to be removed. Now watch this. Number one, the house had to be emptied. If you see this thing on the wall and it's discolored and it's a certain color and he gives all the grand details, you see it on the wall. Number one, here's why he said you got to empty the house. And then the priest has to come and examine the house. 
So the house has to be emptied. The house has to be examined. Are you still with me? Now the priest is looking at this and if he looks at it and he calls it a certain thing and he shuts that house up for a period of time and then he comes back to look on it again. And, and, and then here's what, here's what he's going to do. When he walks in, he looks at it the last time, here's what he's going to do. The house is going to be exposed. It's going to be exposed what that is. Now, I don't make, so what, preacher? Well, here's what he said to do with that house, Brother Randy. He said, that piece, that piece that's leprous, you cut it out of the wall. And then you take it far away. You take it away. Yeah. Where it's not, it's not there anymore. And you put a new piece. You, <laughs> you put a new piece back in that spot. And then the priest is going to look at it again. And when he sees it this time, the old spot's gone. And the new plaster is there. And he's going to see if there'd be any leprosy where the new spot's been put. And for the most part, when the new part's put in and the plaster goes up, and it, it, then the leprosy's gone. But if it's not gone, Don't you get this? If it's not gone, you know what he said? He said, tear the house down. Tear it down so that don't get anywhere else. Tear it down and take it somewhere and get rid of it. That's not going to stand there. Say, when I don't, no, I don't see a thing that has to do with us today. Paul clarifies it in 1 Corinthians. You can go home and read this for yourself. But in 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17, it's amazing how many times 3, 16 and the verses throughout the Word of God, especially in the New Testament, 3, 16 is amazing verses. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. And if any man defile the temple, right here is some of the hardest language in the Bible, if any man defile the temple, him shall God destroy. He tears the house down. That's only applicable to them that are his. Leviticus wasn't written to anyone but the Hebrew at that time. Now the law is applicable to us. But he said, I'll tear the house down. A lot of people's left here early, earlier than they needed to. God had to tear the house down. I'm not saying that everyone dies. There's a, my bound is set, I cannot pass. He's, my days are numbered, they're with him. Job said that, that bound is there. I, I don't know where that bound is. I don't know. Mama's was 47. Daddy's was 72. I don't know where yours is. Teresa's was 60. Big D's was 30, 
33, 32. Start saying that. Big D's was 32. And I don't understand all I know about that. But I know it's his call. And when God wants you with him, there ain't nothing you nor any doctor in America can do. He's going to take you. You're catching the next flight out. Gone. But some leave earlier than they needed to simply because just couldn't get the spot off the wall. I preached this about 20 years ago to somebody. Made them mad and they don't go to this church anymore. I just said, that's what the word of God says. You can do with it whatever you want to do. Don't shoot the mailman. So here's the question today. Come to the piano. Come to the piano. Come get us off. And we've had a hallelujah meeting today. It's been a glorious place to be. Now I'm not trying to throw water on fire, but you can't build a fire unless the wood's in shape to burn. So I don't know. I don't know. Who I preached this for today might have been for Mike McCoy. Sometimes I preach to myself more than I do anybody else. Are you curious? Are you a complainer? Are you cured? Good to have the cure this morning. Yes, sir. The only one of these houses you can do anything about is your house. And if you he's in your house when you come here, he'll be in this house. Is in your house? In the house. We stand. They sing. You need to pray. You're welcome to come. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the time of truth.